Welcome to Beneath the Wing. Just like air passing over the wing of an aircraft provides lift, the people we meet can also give us lift in life by sharing their stories of strength and success, connecting us all. Beneath the Wing explores the stories of those connected with the Minnesota Air National Guard's 133rd Airlift Wing with a little humor and learning along the way. I'm your host, Wing Command Chief Mark Legfold. Thanks for coming back to the second part of our two-part series, Beneath the Wing, Voices from D.C., where we're focusing on the men and women who dropped everything and went out to our nation's capital to ensure a peaceful transition of power. The first part, I welcomed Major Tommy Miller from the Minnesota Army National Guard and a well-experienced NCO from the 133rd Tech Sergeant Dan Kennedy. Today, I'm going to start out with a story about Inauguration Day in the elevator of a hotel. I had just gotten on the hotel, and it stopped on the way down, and in comes a young private. I recognized the rank, very little of it, on his, on his uniform, and started a conversation, asking him, hey, are you ready to go? Roger, ready to go. I said, hey, private, how long have you been in? And he paused for a second, smiled a little bit, and he said, this is my first drill weekend. That young man had showed up for his first drill weekend to train to deploy and instead was told to grab his bag, hop on the bus, go to the 133rd and get on our plane. You're going to D.C. He was ready to go with that little amount of warning and he was enthusiastic about it. This episode, we're going to meet one of our newest members at the 133rd Airlift Wing. Literally no stripes earned and learning not only his primary job, but the life culture, and family togetherness we share in the Guard. Joining me next is Airman Basic Chase Matula. And Airman Basic, for us folks in the Air Force, is someone that just joined. So Chase, thanks for sitting down with me. Thank you, Chief. Absolutely. Um, how long have you been in the Air National Guard? Uh, I uh, So I went to boot or uh, BMT. Basic military training. I went there in August, like first, or the 30th of August. So. Since then, it's not been too long. It's a couple months. No kidding. And here we are in January, and you're in Washington, D.C. for the inauguration of the yes, President sir. of the United States. Why did you uh, volunteer to come out here? Um, so I just finished my mess training, and uh, I, was gonna about, I was about to go back to work, my civilian work, and uh, got, the, got the notification, and I was just, I don't know, I was thinking a lot about the military. I was just over there, and I was like, I thought I might as well do it. I was be interesting to be over here in D.C., you know, it's part of history. Yeah. You know, you hear all the stuff on the news about the 6th riot, so it's kind of, you know, in my head, and I thought it'd be important to come here if yeah. I could. Um, you, you said you just finished your MEST training. Now, that's uh, essential skills training that you get to do after your basic yes. tech school, right? Yes. So what's your job? Uh, I'm, a, I'm a port dog. I'm a 2T2 at the... That sounds like numbers to me. I'm a... Uh, air transportation. So we uh, we take the uh, load. We load move passengers and cargo. So okay, basically. That a interesting job for you? Yeah, no, it's I like it. Yeah. I uh, when I went to recruit, I said I wanted to do something. Show me a lot of jobs, and I said I wanted to do something less on the computer side, more like outside or with my hands or something. So yeah, um, I mean that's what that's what we do outside with our hands. So. Absolutely, that's it's good work too because it's important to pack that stuff up because we've been watching 
um, as we're sitting here in the hangar waiting to get on the plane and go home after this week, we've been watching how important it is to have yeah, people is, that know what they're doing. This is our job. Getting so. stuff ready to put on, get put on planes. Um, so you saw a lot of neat stuff. I'm, I'm assuming you're all of 19 years old? 19, yes. 19 years old, and you've seen some stuff that your classmates probably haven't seen. What's yeah. your most memorable experience from this? Uh, from the DC? Yeah. Um, I guess, well, for me, a, a big part, I think, was first time going on a C-130 or flying in a C-130. That was pretty memorable. I mean, I've never, I've been in the C-130 um, loading it and stuff, but it was pretty cool to, uh, to actually like, fly it. I don't know. It's pretty interesting. And um, I guess seeing a little bit how some of the out processes stuff works. How to get all of our people yeah, and like seeing like real briefings and stuff like that because yeah. I just got in, so nothing's been really real. It's all mostly been training and a couple real movements mm -hmm. at the port, but nothing, uh, nothing like this. So. And then once you got to to downtown DC, you had to stay somewhere, right? Yes, sir. It was nice. How was, how was the hotel? It was nice. It was a nice hotel. You know, I didn't know what to expect because you see stuff on the news and then, like, you know, they tell you they're not 100% sure. You know, they think they're going to be set up somewhere in a hotel that might be far away. They have no clue. Mm -hmm. And you get here, it's right downtown. You know, it's a five-star hotel, so it's not too shabby. This is not going to be the way it is for you every <laughs> that's, trip. I'm telling you that's that That's what right I've been now. told. <laughs> But what a great opportunity to stay Set there. Set the standard high at And first. it really did make sense to have the folks that were doing the mission as close to downtown as, as they had you, which is great. So what a, what a good opportunity, though, right? Yeah, that was nice. <laughs> um, and you're right. People saw the, the pictures out there of soldiers sleeping in the Capitol and in parking ramps. And, I mean, we learned really quickly they were on a break from yeah. walking their post. Right. Yeah, yeah. Where did you spend most of your time when you were actually out doing the job? Um, so a lot of times we were just kind of like reserves. So we uh, we had a park kind of where we were. So hanging out around the park. Uh, we also had warm buses running the whole time. So when it got kind of cold uh, on inauguration day, it was pretty cold that day. So we'd warm up in the bus, some federal building somewhere let yeah. us use their bathrooms and stuff so like walking in there getting warm in there but just you know around outside waiting around not too bad did you get a chance to talk to any of the people that were in washington or um you your own little group we had uh we had visitors uh, one visitor come and uh representative come and speak to us and it's cool to see you know so you got to meet one of minnesota's representatives yes, in, in congress pretty you know pretty cool yeah i've never i've, I've Never really met a representative before, That's so it was interesting neat. to see for sure. Yeah. That's pretty awesome. I know um, working where I was for this, we got the calls to say, okay, a congressional staffer wants to go and meet with their um, airmen and soldiers from their state, and we got to do a little of that coordination. And so on our end, we got to see how many were so interested in coming and mm -hmm. saying thank you um, to folks like you that were out there doing the job. Um, what messages did you get from our our congressperson? Uh, that was a message like thanks. He's appreciative of us, and he was uh, he's coming out there and just kind of like saying how thankful and grateful he was for us to be there. It was just showing showing the face, I guess. Yeah, no, it's uh, it's great that they did that, and it's good that you were there to to kind of receive that thanks because um, we we met up with one of them. Uh, came out to our staff area and chatted with us, and he was he was on the floor when um, 
when our U.S. capital got invaded. And to be that fearful in the place where you're supposed to be doing work, he was, uh, the fact that we all dropped everything that we were doing back home and came out here just to make sure things stayed safe for our, our country, it meant a whole lot more to him, I think, than we really think. Mm -hmm. That makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For us, we just kind of coming in. We didn't really see the, the bad stuff. Sure. Yep. So I, I know that they're very appreciative of that. Um, so you've been in the guard. You got done with basic and everything, and, and about eight months ago, no, a little less than that. Yeah. <laughs> Is this what you expected when you joined the guard? Uh, honestly, I you know I didn't know exactly what to expect. I don't know. It's it's hard to think like military stuff when you're not in it. It's I don't know. Um, I guess some of it I thought was going to be like kind of stuff like this, especially like after like the May riots and stuff. Yeah. Uh, I guess I kind of expected kind of more stuff like this, more like deployments like this for like civil unrest and stuff. But uh, yeah, I didn't know I didn't know what to expect before I joined for sure. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. This is uh, this has been unique. I mean, I've been in a little bit longer than you have. And I have to say, this this year for us in the Guard has been really, really unique. Um, what are you hopeful for in the rest of your career? Uh, well, I mean, I want to deploy eventually. Um, so that's one thing to look forward to. Uh, I, uh, yeah, I'm just kind of still learning my job and stuff like that. Um, I guess I haven't I haven't even really gone to a drill yet technically because we we've been doing computer drills <laughs> yeah. haven't we Yeah, I've only been to one of those too. So yeah. uh, first drill, <laughs> look forward to that. Here we are. Um, so that kind of stuff. Um, yeah. What uh, you and I were talking before I hit the microphone and, and pressed pressed go here, uh, you tell me that you're a caregiver in the outside world. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So when you're done and we get back home. Um, you're going back to a civilian job. Yes, sir. What else did you leave behind when we picked up and came out here to uh, D.C.? Well, I'm a student, too, and this is actually my first week of classes. Where do you uh, go to school? I go to the school at the University of Minnesota. All so right. The Twin Cities one. Yeah. yeah. What are you majoring in? Uh, political science. That way. Yeah. You're going to work out here as a congressman someday. Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I want to be a congressman, but... Um, no, yeah, so uh, first week's classes, I was able to actually do a, lot, a good amount of schoolwork at the hotel. So. No, I'm kidding. The Wi-Fi was pretty great at the Yeah, no, it worked hotel, out. Right? worked out all right. Good um, for you. But, yeah. So you're balancing military service out here plus a full load of classes with the U? Yes. Good for you. But, yeah, a good testament to the balance that we have to do when we serve out here plus keep things, keep things rolling. Um, When you think about uh, all the experiences that you're going to have in the military, do you think this might be one of those most unique memories? Uh, I think because it's like such a, I mean, I'm sure I'll do lots of interesting stuff. Like, you know, I got a lot of years ahead of me, but um, just because it's such like a historical thing, like not just for me, you know, but like kind of like it's something I can look back at, like in. 20 years and be like, oh, that inauguration, that was like kind of a crazy year, you know, and unique stuff happened and it was a, it was a different. So I think that, uh, um, that'll be interesting to like look back on. It's part of why I want, I wanted to be like part of the, part of the history to see it. Person. Yep. Well, you were, and, um, you know, at such an important time, you're a 
good part of what made our country feel a little bit better uh, after this inauguration. So, um, Chase, thanks for taking the time out of your life and coming out here and being a part of history, and thanks for your continued service at the 133rd. Thank you, sir. You're, you're one of the best parts of our, our unit, so appreciate it. I've been sitting here in a hangar getting ready to go home from Washington, D.C. with Chase Matula and Airman Basic, and uh, we'll be right back with other voices from D.C. Speaking with Chase was great, and he and I talked a little about what brought him into the Guard, what his actual work was, and some of the folks that he met on this trip. He reminded me of what I think the National Guard brought to D.C. for this event. Hope and enthusiasm for the future of our country and the heart of service that our new generation brings to the military. The voices and stories that we're able to share continue to amaze me. My last guest on this special episode is Zhu Huin, or Daisy. Born in Vietnam and moving to America at age nine, Daisy captures the heart of why we came to D.C. and the meaning behind our service protecting the peace of the country and state she chose. Powerful reminders of who serves as well as why. Okay, we're back in the hangar at Andrews Air Force Base. We've just finished up our activation out here supporting the inauguration. And I am sitting here with senior airman Daisy Johnson, but Daisy's her nickname, and I'm going to try it really good, and you're going to correct me, okay? Sure. It's Zhu uh, Hun. Uh, am I close? Yes, you're very close. All right. Right on, Chief. Say it for me one more time. Zhu Huin. That's awesome. <laughs> and um, she's agreed to sit down with me. And Daisy is okay, though, right? Yes, perfect. Thanks. Yes. Um, Daisy is in our services uh, flight. And in that role, you're a cook for us, correct? Yes, I am All right. In fact, you are an award-winning cook for us. Oh. <laughs> I just absolutely love this story. It's a team effort. Tell me, how did, how did you get an award for cooking for us? Um, I was voluntold. Voluntold? Yes, I was voluntold. Um, our um, manager, unit manager then, was uh, Senior Master Sergeant Bowler, Rick Bowler. Uh, when that came, that event came up at the Mall America, they sponsor uh, a chef challenge where they pair a... Um, military member with a chef in the mall of America and then they go up head-to-head -head challenge with other chefs within the mall uh -huh. and uh, with secret ingredients from the MREs. A meal ready to eat. Yes. Sir. Those little brown bags that keep for 10 years. Right, that, that we love so much. Eat. Yeah, that we love so much. <laughs> right. So you had to mix that into something and make a gourmet dish. Correct. We have to incorporate that in there. Who was the chef that you worked with? Uh, Chef John uh, Lindquist. Um, unfortunately, he's no longer uh, work at the Mall America anymore. Okay. He, uh, his wife had a really good job and then they moved. Ah. And so now he's uh, helping out seniors and cooking for them now, I think, um, a city south of us. Awesome. A uh, couple hours south of us. But yes, so when that came up and um, senior came by and he said, you're doing this. So then I guess, okay, I'll guess, I'll do it. So then I just reach out to them and fill out the form and do all their requirement and entered. And um, fortunately, I got picked. And you won. And it was fun, but yes, it, it was nerve-wrecking at the same time. I, I, I yes. can't even imagine. I can't even imagine. Well, that was, that was a couple years ago now because they didn't yes. do the... the 
uh, competition this year because of COVID restrictions. Correct. Are you going to do it again? I don't know. I feel like uh, going out on a high note. <laughs> now, but now you can encourage somebody though. younger than you to do Definitely. it. Definitely. Right? I've, I've, been, I've been trying. That's great. I've been trying. So we, uh, you got here last Monday, right? Uh, yes. Okay. Flew in on our big C-130s. Yes. Uh, did you volunteer to come out here? Yes, I did. Tell me why you volunteered to come out here for this mission. I feel that it was important um, that we stand together as one, kind of after a little bit of a turbulence in the country, that we provide um, the general public with a more stable platform uh, to speak. and. I thought it was really important that we provide that peace uh, so then everybody's voice can be heard and the tradition of our country, of the, this is my adopted country, uh, is so great because it's been a peaceful transfer of power and it is not something that we should break. It's so something worth protecting. It is very much worth protecting, and it is exactly why I enlisted in the first place, is to keep the peace. Because in my old country, in Vietnam, uh, we were not fortunate to have peace. Um, there were many, there's a song actually about it, there's a thousand years of war in Vietnam against uh, Chinese and every, pretty much every othering border um, neighbors. And then, of course, the Vietnam War, and which might be an interesting thing because in Vietnam, they, we actually call it the American War. <laughs> you know, it's all perspective. And to that, when I heard there was a call for this, I called my husband and I said, hey, is it possible that we could do this? Because he's working full time and we have two kids and I just went back to school. So we have all these things up in the air that we keep on juggling and see what lands and we have to deal with that first. But I, I just heard the mission and I had to do it. Was this a call to your heart? Definitely. You became a U.S. citizen. You weren't born into our country. This is, this is your country adopted you. Yes, this but, is my adopted country. Yeah. Um, and so this is more, this, had, this brings up some feelings for you that, that you bring with you from back home, or back home, I guess, in Vietnam. Yes. Um, when did you move to our country? Oh, I was nine. So this is home, and specifically Minnesota. Uh-huh. Because we've been, we live in other states, but that's not home. This is it. Cold, so cold the, weather, but warm people. Cold weather, but warm people. Yes. Absolutely right. Yeah. <laughs> We complain about the cold weather, but the, the hearts are warm, aren't they? Yes. Awesome. Um, 
Daisy, you talked a little bit about your family um, and all the things that you left behind and said you're a student. What are you studying? Uh, I'm, I'm studying uh, radiology uh, at um, the VA hospital in Minneapolis. Oh, good for you. Yes, it's a great program. Working with the vets is rewarding, isn't it? Yes, it is. Yeah. Tell me what's most rewarding about that. So my dad is a vet, and uh, I kind of see them. I can see him in them. So in a way, I, f I feel like it's not just my duty, but it's, it's an honor to be able to take care of the generation that went ahead of us, mm -hmm. ahead of me in particular. Uh, and then there, there were women that, that came in, and I thanked them because they really charge, took the took the charge. So then I can follow, so I you know that I can join. So I you, I thank them for setting an example for me. Awesome. Yeah. What, how do they react when you say you're serving currently? Uh, they actually was very cool. Um, one of the things that I always ask them when I have a um, I'm taking care of a patient. I would ask, what branch were you? And they would tell me, you know, and I, uh, I'm Army, I was Air Force, Flyer, Navy, something. And I said, what is your battle cry? I always ask that. And then usually people just go, hoorah. Uh -huh. And I said, we kind of just took it from the marina, just make it everybody's. <laughs> and, uh, but yeah, the, one of the army vet told me that I, I don't have one. All I heard is, take that hill. <laughs> and I did, so that's all he said to me. Perfect. So yeah, that was fun. Hey, when you, uh, when you joined the military, Daisy, is this what you thought you would be doing? This mission? This type of mission, yeah. Um, no, I didn't think I I would be called to do something like serving the peace for at home. I thought it's more of what we would do when we go somewhere else. We get called upon, uh, but it's it's a great mission. We actually get to serve the nation here at home which I think is very historical. Um, I was lucky enough to join a couple of other missions in the past, which we go and do good deeds outside of the continental uh, United States. Mm -hmm. You know, I was in Puerto Rico. It's our territory, you know, it's, yes. it's, it's our citizens, but it, it felt um, a little bit different. Whereas this one, this one, I feel it's a little bit more delicate situation because we are not, oh gosh, I am not sure what the right word would be, Chief, to describe what I'm feeling about this um, mission, um, for keeping the peace, but within our own citizens, that it is so divided 
I'm just trying to kind of just hold. We need that breather. Sometimes, sometimes when emotions run high and in any fight or conflict, we go at it and not hearing and listening to each other, but rather just hear to um, rebuke or is it attack the other person? Yeah. Just hearing different points and then find the words to kind of debate back versus hearing to listen, to understand what the other person is feeling or understanding or uh, trying to convey. And I think we, in, on this mission, we serve at, at that capacity where we let everybody calm down a bit, take that breather, because in that time, maybe we can find our common, we can find that we have more common with each other than, we, than the differences. Daisy, I... I had a conversation earlier um, in the podcast here with another one of the you know, young men that came out here to serve, and we talked a little bit about how this is uh, America came together for the inauguration um, when the Guard came together. And really, 54 states and territories of our country, they are all here and they're all wearing the same uniform, and they all have U.S. on the, on the chest. Do you think that this is a good representation of people coming together in our country? Is this a good start? That is a great point. I, I, didn't, I didn't recognize that, actually. That's, that's a very observant uh, airman. I don't know who that was. I got to listen to him now. Uh, what he has to say, but that's that's a very uh, valid point. Um, I think we should make that known a little bit. I wonder if the public understand that because that's a huge symbolism. Um, that that is actually very neat. It's actually moved me right now just to think about that. I, I thought about it too, and um, I I enjoyed what we did our mission. Um, as Minnesotans, we were joined together with several other states and two territories, the Virgin Islands and Puerto Rico, were in our little task force. And I thought, this is so awesome that we have so many different parts of our country, people of our country, um, coming together to do one common thing. Um, and just Definitely. to keep our capital safe and transition. And I'm hearing how important that was to you in your heart and how special that was. And I thought, you know, the way you articulated it was so perfect. And I, I can't tell you how much I appreciate that. Oh. Um, you saw a lot of neat stuff in our nation's capital. You shared with me a little bit that you got out and got to see some things. What's going to... What's the, the picture that you took with your eyes that's going to stick in your mind um, from your time here in D.C.? What's your most memorable experience or thing that you saw? We, where we were stationed, um, we were close to the reflect, um, ref, 
reflection pool. The reflecting pool, yeah. The reflecting yeah. pool. And when we, uh, well, when we were at our post, we couldn't cross the fences. I don't want to see that again. A fence. A fence between, between us and, and that. The idea behind the reflecting pool is for us to have a pause and really think about what we're doing as a person, as a community, um, as a country. So that is something to strive for, not to have that fence there again. Absolutely. When I was there, when I did get to cross the fence, when the fence went down and we were able to cross over and I took some pictures and I'm going to show it to my, my girls when I get home. Such a good view when I was at on the steps by um, President uh, Lincoln Memorial mm -hmm. and looking over and I could see uh, what we call the pencil, <laughs> the uh, Washington uh, Monument. And then right behind there uh, is the Capitol. And it is such a powerful image because on that day, the fence went down and people are starting to come back. And I just stood there and I kind of watched a little bit. There's some guardsmen on my, on my left and then there's some civilian uh, on the right. And then there are people just walking and on the bikes and there, there were kids walking with their parents coming by. And I said, okay, I, I think we came and had a, had a purpose. We had a purpose. And I think a mission, we just met it because people are coming together again. And we were able to create that space. Yes. And, and that time, that pause for people to kind of just take a deep breath and, and things are kind of back to somewhat normal as, you know, as it could be. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. Daisy, I'm going to ask you a unique question because you have a perspective that I do not and none of the other people that I've interviewed um, have either. And that is... Um, we inaugurated our first woman vice president and a person of color. And I don't share those characteristics, but you do. Tell me, what does that mean to you? She broke a lot of ceilings. And it's a historical moment. I think we as a country has always had that possibility, but now that we actually see it uh, happening, that it's a fact, it's real, I think that will just encourage a whole lot more girls and women to strive for it and to know that there isn't there, there's that possibility and, and there's, it's achievable. And um, one of the saying I've heard in the past that I really like is um, 
imitation is the best form of flattery. Is it fla flattery? You're right. Yep. Yeah. And when there's an example there, it is easier uh, to kind of follow or strive for it versus if we have to reinvent the wheel, then it makes it harder. Um, yeah. So for me, it was great to be here for that moment. Um, she's the first. She won't be the last. She said that. Yes. I, I agree. With I really that. liked that when she said it. I have two girls myself, so it means a lot more for not just me, but my upcoming generations here. Daisy, thanks for sitting down with me and telling me your perspective on this difficult but very important week that we've had here in the nation's capital. It's really been a pleasure, and thanks for being a part of what we do here at the 133rd. Thank you, Chief. Absolutely. I really appreciate you asking. Absolutely. I got a chance to visit some of the soldiers and airmen the day before the inauguration who were staging at Lincoln Park. Lincoln Park is about 15 blocks from the Capitol, it was a sunny day, and the park was full of uniformed members of our National Guard eating lunch, chatting with one another, and checking their phones. But it was also full of kids, parents, and dogs chasing balls. One parent asked a group of these service members to join her children for a photo. It showed the joy and thankfulness that the people of our country and the people of D.C. had that these students, medical providers, caregivers, businessmen, husbands, wives, mothers, and fathers. These citizen soldiers and airmen had taken the time to come from every state and territory in our country and protect their capital city. I'd like to thank Major Tommy Miller, Minnesota Army National Guard, Tech Sergeant Dan Kennedy, Airman Basic Chase Matula, and Senior Airman Zhu Huen or Daisy Johnson for joining me on Beneath the Wing, Voices from D.C. Next time, we'll be joined by Lieutenant Katie Morsh. I hope you tune in.